The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. And during this hour, we're going to talk about furniture restoration is a great hobby, but it can be a little bit challenging. We've got some great tips for you there. Also, troubles with laminate countertops. Yes, they can be troublesome, but there are some options to make them look fantastic. Also, adding insulation in your attic, we've often said that's some of the very best money you can possibly spend on your home because of the return it will give you on your energy dollar. But is it a do-it-yourself friendly type project or pros only. We've got a lot of emails and also my buddy Joe has a simple solution coming up. What can we expect, Joe? All right, Danny. I thought this time of year people are often cleaning and and refinishing floors or starting on their indoor projects. And if you have area rugs, obviously you have to take up the area rugs and move them out into another room. I have a quick and easy way and a safe way to roll up those rugs. You wouldn't think there'd be a way to do that wrong, but people do it wrong all the time. So I have a simple solution how to get those rugs out of the room while you refinish or clean your floors. Oh, that sounds good. That'll that'll help um, a lot of us out that are that are you know asked to do that kind of thing. Hey, we want to hear from you. We make it so easy. You can pick up the phone right now and call us at eight hundred nine four six. 4420. That's the Today's Homeowner Hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Your opportunity to ask us any question, comment, just any uh, tip that you might have that has worked well for you over the over the years. Let us know about it. We'll share it with our listeners all across the country. Also, you can send us an email anytime. Today'shomeowner.com slash ask. And here on Today's Homeowner, it is Heat Your Home Week. And what that means is we've put together some fantastic energy-saving tips. We're headed into that colder time of the year, you might as well get ready for it and have a little extra money along the way. All you need to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash heatyourhome to find out all the information that we have assembled for you right there, brought to you by our friends at American Standard. And Joe, also it's time for us to stand up and salute our veterans. Veteran Day weekend. Veterans weekend, that's right. It's it's, uh, so important that you show appreciation to all of those that have helped us have the country that we have. And and so, you know, all of us have a veteran somewhere in our family uh, or with our group of friends. Make sure they know that you appreciate it. Uh, They may not act like they care about getting any kind of thank you, but they do. All of us do. Um, Joe and I never um, served, but certainly our fathers um, did and know a lot of people that did along the way. It's it's, it's time to really show your appreciation. Yeah, my dad was very proud of his four years in the Navy, and, and I remember him coming back. You know, when I was a little kid, seeing the uh, like the scrapbook and the photograph albums he had put together from his time coming, he he was in the he was in uh, off the coast of Japan and China, and so he was in the Pacific theater. Um, he didn't fight in Europe, um, but yeah, it, it stayed with him, you know, through his entire life, and I was I was always very proud of him. 
Uh, it is. We're proud of all of our veterans, so happy Veterans Day to everybody. I'll tell you what, we got a lot of great calls on the Today's Homeowner Hotline. And as I mentioned earlier, you can put in your call anytime at 800-946-4420. Let's grab a few of those calls right now. I have a bathroom door that I can't leave it just halfway open. It swings back all the way open, and I don't know what to do to correct that problem. If you can call me back or send me an email, I really would appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, this is one uh, This is one of my favorite simple solutions because it's the epitome of a simple solution. It's an aggravating problem that can be solved very simply. Joe, it's all yours. Talking about the hinge pin, Danny? Oh, is yeah, that the man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this does work. I've seen it work on most doors. depends on how heavy the door is and how bad a out of plumb it is, and that's the problem. This door is out of plumb, meaning it's not perfectly vertical. Um, what, what Danny is referring to is you take out at least one, start with one hinge pin and put it on a hard surface like concrete or a concrete block or something like that and strike it with a hammer. You just have to tap it once ordinarily. And you you, or, or, just, or just whack it. You can just whack it. <laughs> yeah, Danny only has one. His hammer only works one way. Whack it. <laughs> if it doesn't work, get a bigger hammer. But what you want to do is put a very slight bend in the pin, and then tap it back in. And when you tap that back in, it'll be a little bit more difficult to drive it in because it has a bend in it. But that bend is going to create a little bit of friction. And sometimes that's all you need. If this is a small, it's a bathroom door, so it's probably small to begin with. And if it's hollow core, which is great, it means it probably weighs almost nothing. Usually just bending one of those hinges will hold that door. So from the hinge won't be swinging closed. And if you need to, you can probably has three hinges. You can try two or three um, different bending of the hinges and see if that works. Yeah, that's that's worked very, very well. I remember one particular um, homeowner talking about getting up in the middle of the night to head to the restroom, and they met a door right in their nose oh, and their forehead. Wow! And actually, had said they had a little imprint of the door on their forehead. I went, <laughs> oh man! So they were very happy to hear this um, simple solution that worked very well. Let's get another um, call from the today's homeowner hotline. Hello, uh, this is John from Wildwood, New Jersey. We have a dog, and uh, he has peed a few times on the floor, and uh, it creates a black stain. And I'm just asking, I'm wondering if there's anything we can do about that. Your thoughts would be appreciated. Thank you. All right. Boy, I'll tell you, when you um, when, when a dog relieves himself like that and it soaks down into what I assume um, is a is a wood floor, um, it just sounds like it would be a wood floor other than concrete. What do you think on that, Joe? Do you go to the pantry and grab the uh, hydrogen peroxide? If that's where you keep your peroxide, I keep mine in the bathroom, <laughs> but Danny keeps it in the pantry for some reason. But <laughs> because, yes, she buys, exactly. because she goes to Costco and buys gallons of everything. We don't it have doesn't fit. Room. Gallons. I noticed you have a five-gallon bucket of white vinegar. Well, Joe said we need more vinegar, so... Yeah, yeah. This I call your wife, and I always check on your vinegar supply. <laughs> um, but Danny's right. It's what you want to do is cover the stain with two layers of paper towels, then soak it with hydrogen peroxide. You have to keep it wet. And by the way, this tip works, but you have to be pretty patient, um, especially if it's a wood floor that maybe the finish is worn a little bit, so the the, the dog pee has really soaked in. Um, so what you want to do is keep it wet for 24 hours and repeat it as many times as necessary. If there's any, and it will take. Again, depending on the stain in the wood, it might take 
three or four days to soak it out. Um, and then if there are any remaining black spots, you can use an old toothbrush and with some hydrogen peroxide and scrub that out. But again, you have to keep it wet. In fact, Danny, I just did this on my stone steps. I had, I had a, a chair out there that was made out of cedar and it left imprints like stain the granite. It was mm-hmm. before I got a chance to seal it. So I didn't want to seal it with these stains in there because I'd seal the stains into the stone. So I, I put the peroxide in paper towels. It took three days, but it did take it out. And that was raw stone. So that would that, so it does definitely work. I can tell you by by personal experience, it does work. Yeah, that does take a little patience on that. Let's try to grab another call from the hotline. Hi, I have painted our, I think they were like pine type cabinets. And now the the paint, when you wipe it off, there's pieces of it that have come off. So you have holes in the paint. What can I do to fix that? And if I decide to, can I take all the paint off? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I really enjoy your show. And God loves you and be safe. Hey, thank you so much for that kind words. And, and uh, yeah, so, uh, the, the problem here, I'm afraid, is the preparation was not done right. Um, you don't mention anything about sanding or cleaning or priming or anything along those lines. And that's really what has to happen. So at this point, you don't have to take all of the paint off, but you certainly want to grab a little bit of um, sandpaper, I would imagine. Joe, what do you think, 120 grit paper, something like that? Yeah, I would do any, yeah. I would go any coarser than that. Certainly. Yeah. yeah, so go about 120 grit paper and sand with the grain and try to get as much of it as you can off. I would go ahead and wipe it down really, really well and then go back with a bonding primer. Put one solid coat over the entire surface, then come back with two coats of acrylic latex. You'll probably want to go with a satin or a semi-gloss. And right. then you've got the millage, you've got the durability, you've got the flexibility, and you won't have any problems on that. Thanks so much for calling the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. We appreciate it, and we appreciate uh, you listening, and we appreciate all of you listening. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment, brought to you by the Home Depot, how doers get more done. You know, in recent years, the renovation and upgrade of laundry rooms has become a real hot project. So the timing is right for a line of cabinets designed specifically for laundry rooms, and Mills Pride has delivered. These cabinets arrive ready to be assembled with a quick assembly system that makes it very easy for you to create a stylish, functional laundry room. The fact that you put them together makes them more budget-friendly, and the durable wood boxes ensure they will last a long time. The three-quarter-inch thick doors and drawer fronts are made from high-density MDF with a matte vinyl finish with concealed hinges. Now, for more information on these Mills Pride laundry cabinets, log on to Home Depot. Dot com And that, that trend of upgrading laundry rooms certainly been the case. We have lots of shows that we've done, television shows that we've done renovating various 
laundry rooms. Or they all have certain problems, unique problems with them, and uh, it would be certainly worth for you to, if you're thinking about redoing your laundry room and making that area of your home look a little nicer, um, check out by going to todayshomeowner.com slash stream to check out some of those episodes. Right now, we're headed back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Uh, Marty from Michigan is on the line. Marty, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us what's going on around your house. Hi, thank you for having me today. Sure. Um, I bought, uh, last summer I bought, I didn't buy it, I got it free at a garage sale, an antique child-size oak dresser that somebody's sweet and loving grandpa turned into a little girl's play kitchen. He cut a hole in the top of the dresser to fit a basin as if it were a sink, and he glued some... Um, music CDs to the top to make them look like stove burners. <laughs> That's pretty clever. So That's cool. It, yeah. it was very clever, and I do have a couple of little girls that would love to play with it, but we have other things, um, other more modern kitchens for them to play with, and I would love to be able to do a little something to restore this piece of furniture. And my question is, how do I get the paint and the glue off and um, repairing holes that were were drilled in the top to accommodate the stove um, knobs, and um, he put a he put a hole in it for a faucet. So he went all out with this thing. But I would like to fix it. Well, um, it sounds like a pretty interesting project, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with um, Joe. The, the gluing the CDs down there, I might have to um, uh, steal that idea. Steal that sometime. idea, yeah. <laughs> That's a, all, all kids, they, they love those little stoves and things. Um, well, the problem here, first of all, getting all of the glue and the paint off is all about sanding. You'll be able to okay. sand um, all of that off. The problem is going to be with the uh, holes that you have oh, there, yeah. partic- particularly if you have one big enough for a sink. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I, I think that's going to that, that's going to be the real hard things. I mean, I can see several different alternatives of putting wood in place and then using wood putty and sanding and sanding and sanding. That mm-hmm. might work. But um, with it, with a piece of furniture, you always want a solid top on it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if um, that would need to be removed and another piece put on top would certainly make it a lot easier um, to refinish, but that might not be that easy. Now, when we're talking about refinishing, are we painting or trying to stain it? No, I would try to stain it. Okay. Well, you're pretty much going to have to replace that top. What do you What do you think, Joe? What do you, What should yeah. Marty do on this? Uh, just really look at trying to figure out a way to get that top off and get something else on there, maybe some trim around the edge that'll make right. it look like original? Yeah. I mean, the only other option other than replace the top um, is to veneer over it. You know, you can buy uh-huh. sheets of oak veneer, red oak veneer, probably get white oak as well. Um, you know, you'd have to patch the hole first. You know, you can cut a piece of plywood and fit it in there and, you know, with some cleats from underneath or whatever, it'd be a way of attaching it. You know, the seam around it, I'd fill with wood putty mm-hmm. so it's as smooth as possible. Then just veneer over the whole thing. Um, the, other than that, I'm not really, without seeing this, it'd be hard to say. I mean, if the top is easily replaceable if it's not you know mortise and tendon into the sides if it's just held on with some screws and some clips underneath you might be able to just remove it and bring it to a to a contractor woodworker and just ask them to uh Uh you know make you another one um Mm -hmm. you know it could be almost any wood if it's going to be stained then you'd probably want to 
oak stick with the oak. Um, it won't yeah. match the antique oak, but at least because with a big hole like Danny's having a big hole like that, I mean, you're never going to hide it, you know, right. w- without going over it. I had almost given up on the um, option of replacing the wood to fill that hole. Right. And I thought, well, I could just leave that little basin in there and put a plant in it, you know, and, <laughs> and if I could refinish the rest of it, I would have the rest of the top to, you know, to be as a nice little piece. So, And you're going to, you're going to use it as a dresser. It's original yeah. design. Okay. Well, yeah. the other thing is you can just patch the wood with the hole with almost anything and then just put a nice uh, runner or whatever. You, I don't know what you call <laughs> yeah. those. Yeah. Like my mom used to make these uh, crocheted like little yeah. A doily. doily things. A doily. Come on, a Joe. Doily. It's a doily. It's yeah. a doily. <laughs> Danny likes saying doily. He doesn't know what it is, but he likes saying it. But th- that's another option. I mean, it's not, I mean, you're basically right. hiding it, but yeah. it'd be easier than replacing the whole thing. Okay. Well, th- those ideas are helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate your help. Well, best best of luck on that. I'm sure it'll turn out nice and a nice little oh. recycling, upcycling uh, project. Okay. Upcycling. All right. right. Thank you so much. Okay, You're welcome. Thank you. That's an interesting project, huh? Oh, it is. It is. I can visualize that um, yeah. very well. Ch- Chelsea actually found um, something on the side of the road and brought it home. And, of course, you know, her husband, Brandon, shaking her head. And then, you know, a couple of days later, she's got this cute little pink kitchen set that right. the kids absolutely love, you know. And it yeah. just, it's something about just it's free, you know. Maybe yeah. spent $5 on paint, you know. I so, see more and more that people put stuff out by their driveway and just says free, which is smart yeah, rather than absolutely. just throwing it away. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, let's grab another email right now. This is from Mary Kay in Texas. How do you know when it's time to add or change the insulation in your attic? All right. Well, huh. we always, we've had lots of questions about attic insulation. I don't know if we've ever had that question. A lot right? of it. And this is a great time of the year for it. You know, yeah. we're going into the winters where you can really benefit from making sure that insulation is, is up to par. Well, we can give you a quick rundown on it. First of all, replacing insulation is pretty much rare unless it has really gotten wet or just something, even if it's old. You can leave it in there. No need to take it out. Now, adding insulation. Well, first of all, general rule. 14 inches of insulation. Now, I'm talking about 14 inches deep. That may sound just crazy amount, but the scientists have proven that that is uh, the approximate R value of R38 is really what most of America needs. If it's a colder climate, a little more. Cooler climate, maybe a little less, but overall general rule, 14 inches. Now, if you have existing insulation there now, you can roll insulation out over it perpendicular to the um, joist, uh, unfaced. Don't put anything down there with the craft paper on it and so forth, and then you can increase it up. And, Joe, a lot of people are still going with the option of just having a contractor out to just blow it in. Yeah, depending on the size of your attic, that might make more sense. And as far as how do you know when to change it? I mean, unless it's been water damaged, like if you had a roof leak and it soaked the insulation and came out, it was all compressed and then it dried out and it's still compressed because obviously with insulation, the way it works is it's fluffy like that because it's the air that is actually adding, trapping the heat and, and you know saving your energy by by creating that air layer. It's not just the insulation itself. Um, you know, if it's ripped or torn or if it's, you know, if if it's easier just to take it all out and use it somewhere someplace else and redo the whole attic, but ordinarily you don't have to replace insulation unless it's super compressed or damaged. Yeah, and that's mainly that water issue, or or yeah. if there's any 
um, rodents that have gotten in the attic, which happens from time to time. Sure. That's when you'll want to yeah. get it completely out of there. Hey, coming up, we're going in the aisles with Danny Watson at the Home Depot and also talking about what you can do if a laminate countertop is starting to separate. All that and a whole lot more right here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, and it's time to go in the aisles of the Home Depot with our friend Danny Watson. Danny, I hope you're doing well today. I am, just getting ready for the holidays. Well, I tell you, decking the halls is a little different from everyone, regardless of a home style. And there's go-to trends and must-have products that can help you bring the holiday season to life. Now, whether you're looking to incorporate some modern characters or keep some of your decor very traditional, it's easy to make neighbors and party-goers stop and stare at your festive scenery you have at your house with the help from the Home Depot. What are some of your suggestions, Danny, that people really need to have this season? Well, some of the really fun ones are the 8-foot giant-sized animated LED Santa and Reindeer Cheers Inflatable. Uh, just this, the Santa and Reindeer uh, having a cup of hot chocolate. They're huge, stands right outside your front door. I think it just, you know, even if you have just a small porch, the fun thing is some of these characters just take up very little room and make a big statement. Also, jumping down to the 3.5-foot animated LED Seasonal Yoda. And what's fun mm-hmm. about this guy, you can also dress him up for Halloween. Also, you <laughs> At Christmas, you just have to change out his outfit. There you also, go. Also, <laughs> four-foot animated Grinch, and he sings your mean one, Mr. Grinch. So it comes to life. I think the kids will love that. And looking down at artificial trees, um, the seven-and-a-half-foot pre-lit Waldorf uh, fur Christmas tree. I love this because it does has so many options. 750 dome lights, over 3,000 branch tips. Looks very realistic, and it's also powered by HubSpace. So you're able to have that HubSpace app and use the remote control and really customize that tree. I tell you, trees have come a long way. Yeah, they certainly have. And, you know, the LED lights and being able to program that, you know, some people go, ah, I'm not real techie. Hey, that's about as intuitive as it gets when it connects automatically to your HubSpace app and you're able to adjust that very very easy i have one very similar to that at my house and uh, uh the grandkids love to play with that a little bit so it, it it'll have a lot of activity around there if you get that particular tree that's right and there's so many options honestly on the leds and the remote controls and hooking things up to your hub space and just it really puts the power in your hand to design it the way you want it but, you know if you're decorating on a budget you're looking for something a little less expensive don't forget we have our six and a half foot pre-lit festive pine-flocked artificial Christmas tree. This tree is less than 80 bucks and looks great, especially in rooms with maybe a low ceiling. And don't forget, for under 35 bucks, you can pick up 100 uh, light multicolor Christmas uh, LED string lights and with a green wires so it really hides you know, in the Christmas tree branches so you don't see it. And of course, there's tons of Christmas projects and holiday ideas at homedepot.com for all of your DIY projects. 
you know, that could be a lot of fun, and you could do that right now by ordering some of those small projects, and maybe you want to make one for one of your children or your grandkids, or maybe the kids want to make one for mom and dad, get some of these projects and and uh, work on them, and that'll be a great surprise come Christmas morning. Hey, Danny Watson, we appreciate you being with us as always on this In the Isles segment, and happy holidays to everybody from us here at Today's Homeowner and, of course, everybody at the Home Depot. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. There is something special, Danny, about getting a homemade, handcrafted gift. Um, and even if it's not perfect, like let's say you're making a little woodworking project, you're painting something, especially if you're doing it with the kids and it's not perfect, that's okay. That's part of the charm of those things, right? That it's handmade and maybe it's not exactly perfect. Well, a good example of that is I remember um, when my mom and dad passed away and I went you know, down to take care of you know getting everything out of the house and so forth, I right. found a lot of those old crude gifts that I gave my parents. I, oh, I, really? You I, I had made. this. I had this thing where I would make these little plaques out of right. um, quarter-inch <laughs> paneling. Right. I would take uh, buy me one sheet of paneling, which was probably three dollars back then, right. and yeah. turn it over and use the back. And then I would cut a little shield out of it with my little jigsaw, mm-hmm. and, and then I would take my wood-burning thing, world's greatest dad, world's greatest mom, <laughs> like that. And I would, you know, and then I'd varnish it. Yeah, it was real crude and everything. And yeah. oh, thank you, honey. And and um, years. But they later, saved it all those years. That's great. I know, and I know. I thought yeah. for sure it became kindling, but um, it uh, ended up. Not so. Hey, let's get some emails going here. We've got so many great emails. We appreciate them. Um, Some are just, uh, hey, thanks, guys, for what you do and things like that. We appreciate every email we get. You can send one anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This one came in from Diane in Kansas. My 1972 ranch home is all brick and all electric, including electric heat and no fireplace. How can I get a backup source of heat in case the power goes out without knocking holes in the wall? Huh. That's interesting. If you don't have yeah. power, what can you do? Well, there's all kinds of um, temporary type things from kerosene heaters to propane heaters to a lot of things like that. Um, you know, one that would be easy to use and feel comfortable being safe around your home. What would you think, Joe? Some type of um, maybe a propane type of um, portable heater? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I'd. It's much safer to go electric. I know they have those uh, oil-filled radiators, and um, we had one um, for a room that was particularly cold. And it's amazing how well they work. You do have to turn them on like a half hour before you go in the room. I would not suggest Danny installing a ventless fireplace. I'm no, not even sure if they no, still no, make no, those. No. I think, I'm, yeah. I'm, they probably they do. They're gas fireplaces that are ventless. And the question is, well, where's all the combustion going? I mean, I it's know. burning gas. Yeah, I can't imagine not, those are safe. So I, had what I, one, would, one, I had one one time. I used it twice, never used it again. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't stand Now, of course, Diane's talking about if the power goes out. Right, right. You know, so um, an, an electric thing, you know, wouldn't really work. Um, when you, so oh, that's I, right. Of course. Um, yeah, so I would imagine a... Um, you know, there's a lot of very simple, uh, you know, almost camp, camp-like camp stoves or camp-like yeah. heaters that you could use. But uh, you just have to be safe anytime you're using any kind of space heaters. This time of the year, we hear a lot of bad things that happen. So everybody be real careful when you're yeah. using those space heaters, whether it's electric. And, you know, speaking of that a little bit, um, well, first of all, back to Diane, I would, I would think a portable um, gas unit that you could use in an emergency, uh, maybe with an extra gas bottle, probably would um would take care of that need. But if you're using a space heater, a few things to remember. Number 
number one, try never to use an extension cord. Plug it directly in. Right. It's a lot safer. Um, make sure you have one that has a tip-over switch that if anything gets knocked over, that it'll turn off automatically. Almost every single one of them have those, but occasionally some get on the market uh, that, that don't do that. And you know what, Joe? These things are inexpensive. Why not spend a little bit of money and don't buy the cheapest one? Right. Yeah, we say that about a lot of products, right? Try to buy a middle of the road. And I'm not sure how often she's losing power. If, if you're losing it all the time, then, you know, you're you'd have to uh, invest in maybe a, a generator, a whole house generator, even a transfer switch and a portable generator so you can at least keep some of the lights on and, and maybe a heat source, electric, or any other source. So that, that, that would be another option is just to you know, be prepared if you're having blackouts all the time. Sure. Hey, we have a lot more information to share with you here on today's Homeowner Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. And we have a stack of emails we're trying to see if we can't provide answers to. This one's from Robert in Iowa. It says, uh, my home was built in the 60s. The sheet material used on my kitchen counter is lifting in certain areas. Is there a way to re-glue down the portions of the countertop that are lifting? And is there a way to nail down the surface, then recoat the surface to cover up the nailings? That's kind of that's kind of <laughs> I don't think I want to nail down. (laughs) I assume we're talking about plastic laminate, you think, Danny? Yes. uh Like a formica material? Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sure it would be that. And, you know, for something, uh, you know, you don't have many situations. It's kind of rare as far as I can tell that, um, you know, a older countertop, especially that age, that's lifting. Now, you got to think, okay, is some water getting in there and has deteriorated the glue? Uh, what exactly is um, causing that separation like that? That's yeah. the first thing you have to determine. Make sure your your sink is caulked properly and no leak is you know causing that. After that, um, it's tricky. Um, a couple things could be done is injectable glue. You can use a just a little syringe, more or less, a glue syringe, drill a small hole in the problem area, pump some glue in there, and then weight it down overnight with like a piece of plywood and a whole bunch of books or concrete block or something like that in all of the affected areas. Now, yes, you'll have a little hole in the countertop that you have to deal with, but then you can recoat the whole countertop very easily. We've talked about um, Deitch coatings quite a bit. And uh, we've done several kitchens with Deitch coatings. Pretty amazing stuff. And that would be another alternative to check out. And that's a D-A-I-C-H coatings.com. Several different ways to go on that. But countertop is getting gotten kind of reasonable, especially the granite costs have come way down. Yeah. And, of course, there's a lot of other ways to go. But I think Robert needs to check out some of those videos on DeitchCoatings.com to see if that's an alternate for him. Yeah. What we don't know is, is it blistered? Like you said, in which case, you know, you have to inject some glue under it. Or is it lifting in that, like, like the edge is up so you can get underneath it. And if that's the case, um, you can reapply some contact cement, which is what it was put down with originally. And you coat both surfaces. You let it dry for a few minutes till it's tacky. Then you press it down and roll it, even if you have to use a, 
a rolling pin or something, roll it and you want to press it down and then it should be good. Um, you know, there are a lot of reasons why the, you know, the glue might've been old. They didn't put enough down the front mm -hmm. to, if water got in, that's another issue. The particle board may have swelled up, but uh, if you can get to it, and the other thing is, if there's, if you lift it up and it looks like there's plenty of glue in there, you can just heat it up with a hair dryer and press that's it right. down and see, yeah. and see if you can re-glue it that way. Otherwise, you'll have to get some contact cement. Yeah, that, that's not a bad idea to try to get. Um, if you have any way that the air can get under there, right? Uh, you know, then boy, pump pump some heat in there and then and then weight it down overnight. That might be the solution right there. So. Hopefully, hopefully you can find a, a way to get that uh, taken care of because you, I know it's one of those things when you go in the kitchen, you see it every single time you're there. Let's go back to another email. This came in from Clara in West Virginia. My son has a concrete block house. I put in two-inch styrofoam insulation on it, and there's 12 inches of insulation in the ceiling. The problem is the walls sweat in some places. We don't know what to do about it. Well, you know, uh, concrete block houses are do have a tendency to hold moisture and um, I think here Joe if it's if it's sweating it has to have high humidity That's exactly within right. yeah. the, within the house so a dehumidifier to lower that and of course we don't know what the air conditioning and heating arrangement is in the home but the air conditioner really and heater should be taking care of the humidity issue but it's still above 50% relative humidity then a dehumidifier probably is a good idea to take care of that that'll solve it right away uh, this is from Penny in Mississippi what is the best way to stop erosion my backyard and side yard are disappearing because <laughs> of erosion wow. you, that's, you, that, that, that sounds like a terrible situation you know, I think if she went to one of the landscape, one of the professional landscape companies, you know, it's always amazing all of the erosion mats that they have available. They're available yep. in rolls. A lot of times it's kind of a burlap kind of a um, configuration on it or straw that they put together. Some of it has um, grass seeds already in it. And putting that down, though it looks a little odd for maybe a little while, but it doesn't take long before that grass activates, grass starts growing up through it. But in the meantime, you're holding on to the soil. Um, I think that might be a good alternative there to, to stop it right where it is right now. Yeah, this is a pretty common problem in some areas. Of, it's getting a lot of rain and it's sloped just enough that washes away whatever's there, including the soil. And what Danny's referring to, they're called erosion control blankets. And I think one of the brand names, they use it generically, but one brand name is called Soil Saver. Exactly. Yeah, you, that's, it's, it's smart to go ahead and take care of any erosion problem because it's not going to fix itself. It's only going to get worse. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, it's Simple Solution Time. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluidmaster. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. And welcome back to the last few minutes of the Today's Homeowner Radio Show for this week. But it's a good time because it's time for our Simple Solution segment brought to you by my buddy Joe Truini. What do you got, Joe? Ah, thank you, Dana. I love this simple solution. And so here's the scenario. Imagine this scenario at your house. You're getting ready to refinish a floor, a wooden floor, or maybe make a repair, clean it really well. But there's a large area rug in that room. So you're going to roll up, well, let me, well, actually, you're going to ask your wife, Sharon, please roll up the rug, Sharon, and get this out of here. <laughs> no. 
and the way <laughs> the way that most people roll up a rug is they start at one end and they just roll it up and they lift it from the middle. And what happens, of course, it sags and it bends in the middle. And the reason you don't want to do that, even if you have two people trying to carry it, when the rug bends and folds in half, you can crack and damage the backing of the rug, and that will shorten the life of it. So that's one reason. Plus, it's hard to carry it because it's relatively heavy. But the way to, to roll the rug up is not from one end, but from one corner. What you want to do is roll it diagonally from one corner to the far opposite corner. And what that does, is it places most of the weight, not all of the weight, but most of the weight in the very center, and the ends are very light. So when you pick it up, it's easier to pick up and move. And because most of the weight is in the center, it won't break in half and, you know, bend over your shoulder or anything like that. So that's the way you can share this with Sharon next time you ask her to remove an area rug. <laughs> that is the way you remove the area rug by rolling it diagonally from one corner to the next. All right. That makes sense. Uh, and I'll be using that, I'm sure, because she loves those area rugs. I and, do, too. I like But she rugs. only loves them for just a few months, and then we have to get another one. It just doesn't make <laughs> she gets sense. gets tired of looking at and, them. And, and while we're on the subject, let me let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, why put a nice, expensive area rug in a bedroom? Because the bed covers most of it? Is that what you're saying? The bed covers all yeah. of it. It's just got this little bitty spot. Yeah. The rest of it's just for little Ricky to go sleep under the bed if he wants to. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but you'll have just a little spot all the way around it and everything. So she put one in one of the rooms, and, uh, okay, it looks okay, but you can only see like about a foot of it. Oh, oh and by the way, that foot that's sticking out is right in the way of the doors in the closet. Now I've got to trim the now I got to trim the closet doors off. Oh, oh I'm losing control around here. <laughs> you oh. make it sound like that's a new a new event that you're no, losing. No, it's not. Control. It's just yeah. building and building. I up, know, so. I know. I know. It's like thanks for your help, honey. Yeah, I know. I know. I'd have to do that. Hey, I want to remind you about something that you'll be interested in, and that is Heat Your Home Week right now at Today's Homeowner. You need to head over to todayshomeowner.com slash heatyourhome for all kinds of really cool tips and tricks on how you can save money and make your home a lot more energy efficient. And all of this is from our partners at American Standard and definitely a lot of information, practical, realistic information that you can use. And right now's the time to do it before it gets really, really cold is to go ahead and implement a lot of these things. And a lot of them are very simple about sealing the envelope of your home, making sure your threshold's in good shape, making sure your heating system is ready for the cold winter ahead. All of these things not only will save you money, but also make it a lot safer and more comfortable for your family. Also, while I'm telling you about different things here, I want to tell you about how you can see almost 600 episodes of the Today's Homeowner television show. Just go by todayshomeowner.com slash stream. I think you'll have a lot of fun with them. We get a lot of emails from people that have discovered us recently through the streaming platforms. Our audience is continuing to build and build there. It's amazing how technology has changed things over the last few years, right, Joe? Yeah, certainly in the last 25 years when you first started the TV show, right? I mean, oh yeah. as far as not only how you produce it, but um, how people can watch it. So, yeah, it's I'm great that it. all those episodes are available waiting for you on the streaming services. Well, over the weeks ahead, as we wind up the Today's Homeowner Radio Show at the end of the year, we've got stories. We've got stories we want to share with you, things you've never heard before. We're going to open up the bag, and we're going to have some fun, and so appreciative for you being with us each and every week. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, and our producer engineer Scott Gardner and Brad Rogers, and the whole Today's Homeowner family, hoping you have a fantastic weekend, and come back and be with us again next week. We'll see you then.